So I was just telling Elian before you got on, Sarah, the anniversary of my list. You know, my hit list that got me almost like suspended from the people that mass reported me mm-hmm. saying that I threatened, you know, Brianna Gray, Marianne Williamson, Ryan Knight, Katie Harper, socialist Emmett. whatever his name is nick that's his fucking name and david sarota yeah i threatened them well come to find out they said i did not violate twitter rules according to german law they try to report me twice on the 20th and they try to report me the day that hillary clinton retweeted my video right y'all remember that (laughs) and then they try to report me twice and since like those two years, they have gone through things. Yeah, David Sirota got nominated. His film, Don't Look Up. Well, you know, don't look up or look well, up because you didn't get nominated. Yeah, I was going to say, don't look on your bookshelf because there ain't nothing there. Oh, yeah, you, you didn't know? win. You didn't win anything. That's right. You didn't win anything. See, I'm messing up. He didn't win anything. So all of them went through shits. Like, Rihanna Gray's host, you know, you didn't see him because he got accused for child molestation you know, mm-hmm. grooming a child. So, like, they all went through something. You don't see them nowhere. Lena Turner lost how many times? Like, they all went through shit. Welcome to The Weekly Show about art, politics, and pop culture from a phenomenally female perspective. I'm Sarah. I'm Shantae. I'm Eliane, and this is Unapologetically She. everyone welcome to another episode of unapologetically she episode 37 season 2 episode 21 see i almost slurred my words right there this is how busy of a week we all have episode 38 38 38 see this is how busy i am episode 38 (laughs) episode 38 season two episode 21 this is how busy we are in our lives and how a year has passed and we like two seasons in almost 40 episodes we doing something right i mean we just doing here and we're all exhausted (laughs) yeah we are so everyone what's been going on i see teacher life mom life busy single lady life what's going on (laughs) uh yeah just school has just been really busy just really busy you know Nothing completely out of the ordinary, but March is a a tough month when you're in a testing grade and state exams are just a few weeks around the corner and the pressure hits. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, And I have a group of uh, teachers and principals coming to see my class on Tuesday. That's fun. (sighs) A lot of work, a lot of prep. A lot of planning. I'm tired. Let's just hope they show up to your class because the last time you was preparing. Oh no, this is this is a scheduled visit. So I'm part of a of a professional development group where my principal is sending me out to learn um, a new 
a new learning strategy that we're going to start implementing next year as a school. Um, and I'm piloting that. So I'm going out to the training. I'm coming back, implementing these things in my classroom. And then it's like a series of intervisitations with all the people in the training group. So we take turns going to each other's school. So they're definitely coming. <laughs> they will be there. Yes. As you guys are listening to this, I will have a group of adults with clipboards <laughs> taking notes while we do our thing in our classroom. So fun. busy. <clears throat> what about you, my little pony over there? <laughs> I got my Pinkie Pie holding a gun as my background because that's that's my mood. Um, no, it's it's been a week. Oh my god, we got hit with so much freaking snow with that nor'easter. They um, the governor declared state of emergency for Tuesday. So everything shut down, school shut down, our offices shut down. And then on Wednesday, her school had no power still. So she got another day off. So she got, she got two days off. Um, and then the next day was only a half a day. And so she went into work with me again, because there was no point in me going to work at nine o'clock and then turning around at 10 o'clock to go pick her up. So we just didn't have her go to school. She came into work with me. And then we had her parent teacher conference and found out that she's like, right. She's like right at that precipice of where she needs to be with her IEP. So they were letting us know that um, the district's probably going to want to try to pull services from her next year, like right as she's at that precipice, which makes no sense. It's like, you guys are running the risk of pulling services and having her fall backwards. That's not, that's not legal though. Um, yeah. even if you, even if, even if somebody is quote unquote graduating from services, there's still a period of transition uh -huh. where they get, uh, uh, not as many in, in frequency, uh -huh. but they definitely still get services. So yeah, yeah no. Yeah. That's a no. So, um, we have, we have her meeting with them later this month and we're going to make it a point to advocate for her to keep those services next school year. Um, her special education teacher, her her um, her speech therapist, and everything, and her homeroom teacher are all going to be advocating for her to keep those services. So I will go to whoever the fuck I need to, so she doesn't lose those services next year. Um, and then we capped off the week with her going to a game with my husband because he announces for a minor league basketball team here, and the opposing team were being a bunch of assholes. And uh, Antonio Brown showed up and was singing one of his songs and was trying to get the kids to sing along. But the uh, the opposing team were being a bunch of jerks. They almost had a bench uh, a bench clearing fight and all this other stuff, and they were being jerks. So my daughter decided to blow her kazoo and flip off the opposing team. So that's how we ended the week. Yeah. Wow, you had a week, Lord. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Who are you telling? I am tired. I've been ripping and running this week and. Like you, Sarah, we didn't really have snow down here, Eliane and I. We still, everything was still functioning. It was just mm -hmm. fucking windy. And I think, you know, because we're in a city and we're closer to the Atlantic Ocean, I'm assuming that snowstorm moved to the water. I don't know. Because it sure enough didn't come down here. We just had mm -hmm. flurries and rain and wind. And I live by the water, so the wind was extra where I was. I almost flew across like somewhere 
So my students, they were like whipping around outside at dismissal, like trying to hold them down. <laughs> Don't fly away. <laughs> no, that wind is strong down here in the city, especially because Manhattan in particular and Brooklyn and Queens were, and even on Long Island is by water. The only inland borough is the Bronx. And I'm surprised the Bronx didn't even get what other places in the city got. I don't even think Yonkers even got anything because my sister sure enough went to work in the city. So no, no, we didn't get much. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that week is over and and now we're ready to do this shit all over again. <laughs> Adulting. Adulting is a Fuck. bitch. Don't grow up fast to be an adult. I'm yeah, telling man. all the fucking kids now, all you little Gen Z kids out here that want to be up in your mom's business, up in her phone, up in everybody else's business, be a fucking kid. Can you say that louder for my eight-year-old? <laughs> okay. For all the Gen Z kids out there, for all you little fucking kids out there, I don't want to say all you little fucking kids out there, but for all of you kids out there that want to be up in their mom's business, want to be up in their paycheck, up in their phone business, up in their love life, or up in their business, I'm telling you, be a kid because when you become an adult, you're going to have a lot of responsibilities. And for you guys, it's going to be extra because you're going to have to have a lot of degrees and you're going to have to fight hard and you might have to live paycheck to paycheck in the beginning. That's what it's called being um, an adult. In the beginning, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, shit, I'm 46 years old now and I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, so don't grow up fast to be grown. Don't be grown. Stay out of grown folks' business. For real. I was just messing with my hair right now. It was looking crazy. Anyways, so, Shantae, what are we drinking today? Oh, so, yeah, so I got drink of the week. Y'all know it's wine. You know, I'm not fancy like my co-host here. Be making up stuff of liquors that they have in their house or just like, I used to drink on the beach all the time. And this is what I do. I know that's not, that's not me. Unfortunately, even though like I am, I'm envious of the one down below me because she just be having making up shit out of nowhere. And just be like, yeah, I was drinking on the beach. And, you know, I was thinking about summertime and, you know, I was flipping my hair and I'm just like, okay, alien, I know you was flipping your hair, making your drinks, whatever, whatever. And this one took my, I got stuff in my house. I'm using what I got. I was just like, ain't nothing wrong with using what you have. So yes. So it's wine, ladies and gentlemen, it's all assorted wine, you know, not that dry ass wine, but good wine, good, sweet wine, either mm. is um, Moscato, pink Moscato or white Siffindale, no red wine. Unless it's red, mus- <laughs> unless it's red Moscato. Unless you like red sweet. wine. <laughs> I like the- sweet red wine. It's got to be sweet. Indeed. And since now that we got drink of a week, I got burning questions. So my burning questions is just simple. You know, I'm a retro kid, you know, millennial, older millennials, they say. So springtime is coming. Springtime is tomorrow. I'm tired of wearing all my winter coats and shit like that. So New York I weather just, set New York weather says it doesn't give a shit about that. It's gonna make you wear a winter coat until it's goddamn good and ready. <laughs> Depending on what region you are at. <laughs> See, my other co-hosts and I, we're in the downstate region. We in the region, you're in the capital region, so you get a mixture of both. We're in the downstate region, so we're gonna catch our spring quickly. So with that being said. 
I like me some sneakers, you know, and I know the 90s is coming back, early 2000s, the sneakers coming back. Good Lord. So what do you prefer? A good pair of Nikes, Chuck Taylors, which is Converse's, or just regular New Balances, Reeboks, or Sacconis? Who want to go first? Who want to take a stab at this first? You know what? I've been super into the retro Reebok sneakers lately. Like I have the high top Reeboks with the Velcro on top. With the fifty four elevens? Like I don't, I don't know what the name of them. Yeah, it's fifty four elevens. And they got the Velcro on top, and they're high tops, and they're fucking fire as hell. So I'm gonna go with that. But out of those choices, I'll go with a good pair of Nikes. Which pair of Nikes? Air Maxes, ninety fives, or I like an Air Max. I kind of figure you were an Air Max person. What about the, you over there? Uh, out of those choices, Chucks. Chucks. You're it's, like a Chuck Taylor person. You're, Cal- yeah. you're from California. Exactly. I mean, that's why I say out of these choices, give me Chucks. Otherwise, I am, yes, I am that girl. Give me fucking Skechers. Because I am a California girl. I don't give a fuck if I'm in New York. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if I'm in New York. I am still a California girl. What about you, Shante? Well, as a native New Yorker, as a native Harlem kid, because you know Harlem, we kind of like invented the style in a way. If you're from New York City, you invented every every Eastern borderline state want to bite off your style, right? Hmm. That's true. And me from being from upstate a little bit, upstate, which is really way downstate. Rockland County is not. I'm sorry. I don't want to get too deep into (laughs) New York State geography. But as living in a suburb of the city, hell yeah, we always copied everything the kids in the city were doing. Everything. So I'm going with my pair of Nikes. I do like me some some Converse's, you know, in the springtime. But if my go-to sneakers for walking, I love me some Air Maxes. I like me some of those, especially those retro ones, because those were my era and those are coming back out. So when these kids was like, yeah, I'm going to get those, it's like, do you know y'all wearing reinventions of like from my childhood? Like all these sneakers, all these Reeboxes that are coming back out. I remember when Reeboxes were $24. I'm just like $54. I was like, since the fuck when, son? Like when 5411s, because that's what Eliane was describing. I used to have those in black. I used to have those in patent leather. Those were the ones I used to have. And those were the ones that Salt and Pepper used to wear. And then like, but I love me some Nikes because Nikes is comfortable. Like you could work out in Nikes. You can walk in Nikes. You can walk anywhere in Nikes. So Nikes is my thing. I do like me some Sacconis. Sacconis is coming back out. So I'm a Nike kid. So that's my burning question. It's nothing like too deep in people's lives and everything. <laughs> no, I, I like me some retro stuff and all because my half of my childhood is coming back. All the, the all the clothes. It's true. I mean, I I, I do have Nikes and I do have um, Adidas and stuff that I use for like exercising. I got my Skechers for exercising for different things. But yeah, give me Chucks. You you are from nice. California. you was a chuck taylor's and some dickies oh no 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 i never got into dickies no thank you that's more of a a compton or a compton thing or or la thing yeah and all the norcal kids were like trying to rip that off and thinking it made them look gangsta and all cool and shit it's like yeah go down to compton and see how that goes okay just saying, white boy. 
Just saying. On that note, I'm going to pass it to my lovely co-host with her little lovely headband. It looks so cute on her. And she's going to do the uh, <clears throat> moderate this next segment. So here you go. Well, we're going to move on to Shot and Chaser. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, Shot and Chaser is our segment where each host presents their shot, which is a topic that the other hosts are not previously aware of. And then the hosts give their reactions. That's the chaser. Um, so today we're going to start off with Shantae. What would you like to talk about this week? So y'all know the elections is coming up, right? Like this is like, even though there's a 2023 elections, there's also, this is a presidential uh, primary season, right? This is like, this is going to be ongoing shit for now until like the November, 2024. So you got people already coming with the attacks about the vice president, because you know, all of us are supporters of the vice president. So just to be clear. And you have people in the quote unquote, the other side of the party known as the GOP. I don't know what they known as anymore. Who cares? Um, Alyssa Farah Griffin, who was a former Trump ally because she worked in the Trump White House from 2017 to the end of 2020, who was his White House communications director um, at the end. And before then, she was Pence's, I think, press secretary. She said something about the vice president saying like, oh, I thought she was amazing when she first came in. But, you know, since then, she has not been a force. You know, you know, I don't know if the administration tried to set her up for failure. You know, her portfolio that she has, she never handled a border crisis. She's just awful and, and us sorts like it. And so when it was Sonny turn to speak, Sonny was like, uh, you know, black women get everything done. What did Pence do? And even Whoopi asked, what did Pence do? But, you know, bungle up the coronavirus, you know, pandemic, because he did. And prior to his tenure in the White House, when he was the governor of Indiana, he messed up the HIV uh, response, the spread of it that was going on in, in the state of Indiana. So he is known to bungle up public health crisis but he was in charge of that but you're getting on the vice president from taking on portfolio and the last time i checked the woman is extraordinary she's going to uh what is it to africa west africa in um in the end of this month like and they want her there zambia was like it's gonna be great to see the vice president again so the far right child the ch the daughter of a far right conspiracy theorist got something to say first of all why the fuck are you on that show when you touted the 2020 big lie up until the insurrection, you broke with him. Like, child, please. Like, your former boss ain't shit. You ain't shit. And the Republican Party is in a disarray. And they're mad because she can get closer to being the president. And they're all scared of a black president. Another one. Hear, hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a whole word. Um, yeah, you're right. They are terrified of her because they they have very little things to really critique. And so they're going to throw whatever they got to see what sticks because there's nothing actually substantial. Um, you know, when people can't come for your job, they'll come for other stupid things like, oh, look at the way she laughs. Or she, you know, she doesn't take X seriously or 
she's not black enough or she's not Asian enough or, you know, she married a white man. We're going to focus on all these other things because if you were to critique the work, the reality is the facts are the facts. She's doing a great job. Leaders around the world freaking love her. She's got a great relationship already with so many leaders around the world. You know, the Biden administration knows exactly what it's doing. They know that she's next. You know, Biden is going to run again. She's going to be his vice president. And after that, it's her turn. And so they're doing everything now to prepare her for that. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny when people say things like, well, you know, she's never dealt with the border crisis. Well, guess what? Nobody's ever dealt with the border crisis until they start dealing with the border crisis. Like she's vice president for the first time. It's not like she was vice president in the last term to have experience to do these things. So shut the fuck up. Right. And I, and I believe um, George Bush didn't really do too much with the border crisis, do well with the border crisis himself. Literally nobody has. I mean, she she has one of the biggest portfolios of any vice president in history. She is doing the most work of almost any vice president in history. And she is almost single-handedly responsible for renewed confidence in the United States by foreign leaders. So, I mean, the facts are the facts that... The statistics don't lie. The facts don't lie. And conservatives are losing their shit over it. Yeah. Statistics don't lie. The facts don't lie. The GOP lies. Yes. Yes. And they're losing their shit because it's a black woman getting shit done. As always. (laughs) As per usual. (laughs) So, Sarah, what shot cold topic do you have for us? Okay, so I'm going to read you this article. It's very short, <clears throat> but we all, we're all aware of these states that are passing all of these draconian laws against people with uterus, with uteruses, uteri, and the repercussions of that outside or in addition to lives lost or put in danger because of these laws is now starting to affect medical facilities as it's bound to do. The United States currently has the highest maternal mortality rate in the developed world. And now we're seeing in Idaho, Bonner General Hospital is discontinuing labor and delivery services to pregnant people. Lord. Um, March 17th, Bonner General Health's board of directors announced the discontinuation of Bonner General Hospital's labor and delivery services in part because of legislation Idaho continues to pass criminalizing physicians for providing care nationally recognized as the standard of care, which is abortion care or care to pregnant people who are having a miscarriage. Uh, care of pregnant people who have an endangered, like where the fetus is endangering their life, where the fetus is in danger. So in a press release, hospital leaders said highly respected and talented physicians are leaving the state because of these laws and replacing them will be extraordinarily difficult. This means that expectant mothers will have to travel 
46 miles to the nearest hospital to have their babies. We have every effort, we have made every effort to avoid eliminating these services, stated Ford LSR, Bonner General Health's board president. We hoped to be the exception, but our challenges are impossible to overcome now. The hospital cited other reasons for the closure, including loss of pediatrician coverage, low volumes, and changing demographics. <clears throat> the hospital says that as of May, it will no longer be able to provide consistent and reliable pediatric services and due to the low patient volume and trouble attracting pediatric hospitalists. The hospital says that going forward, Bonner General will still provide women's health services at Sandpoint Women's Health, but Sandpoint Women's Health will not accept new OB patients as of March 17th this year. Bonner General leaders say they will try to continue deliveries through May 19th, depending on staffing. After that, the Bonner General will coordinate care for OB patients from Sandpoint Women's Health that are scheduled to deliver after May 19th. Yikes. So pregnant people are going to die because of this. Um, who knows if they'll be able to get 46 miles away when they're in active labor. Children will not be able to get health care in that town because doctors are not wanting to work at hospitals in these states with these laws. So people will suffer for these bad decisions and these bad laws. And you know what's so crazy is these same, some of these same people, and there's no disrespect to people. There's people that did not vote for these kind of people, and there's people that in that town that did vote for those people. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, this is the thing. Stop voting for a party that's not going to fight for your right as a human, your right to health care, your access to health care, your access to financial stability, your access to you know, be self-sufficient, your access to anything. Mm -hmm. Stop voting for these fucking people. Voting for people that are literally trying to kill you. They just are voting that way because they hope they'll kill somebody besides them faster. Let's be honest. That part. So, that part. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what a fucking shit show. Ah, <sighs> well... On to, because I'm really, that that is so depressing and infuriating that I want to leave us on something that that might might leave us in a more positive place. And it's not completely unrelated to what the both of you have spoken about today. So this weekend, there was an event at the vice president's residence. It was the Women's History Brunch. It was um, co-hosted by Vice President Harris and Glamour Magazine. Um, and it brought together such an amazing, awesome, badass, kick-ass group of women that I thought we needed to talk about it and celebrate it because we are in Women's History Month. And there are women out here coming together to try to fix these same issues that you just talked about. So um, <clears throat> in her in her address to the attendees, Vice President Harris said, quote, economic empowerment of women is about an investment in the future of our country. When you lift up the economic status of women, you lift up the economic status of families and communities and all of society benefits. And then she talked about um, Glamour's 
ongoing advocacy projects. So they have this big advocacy push for paid family leave. Um, and they've been doing these stories for a number of issues now following certain women um, and telling their stories. And so Vice President Harris thanked one of these women, Karina Garcia, in her speech. And she, she said, I want to thank you for the power of your voice and the phenomenal women that you stood here on stage with. The stories that they have told publicly about the experiences that you've each had are heartbreaking and powerful. And it takes an incredible amount of courage for you, you each to tell these stories that were so personal. And she emphasized the importance of pushing for that paid family leave. Um, some of the women in attendance, I mean, it was like a who's who, Megan Thee Stallion, Simone Ashley. I was having a, a girl crush moment there. Uh, Speaker Pelosi, Nicole Ari Parker, Phoebe Robinson, Ashlyn Harris, and so on and so forth. It was just a really wonderful, great group of just accomplished, successful women from all walks of life that came together for a sole purpose. And that is to you know, empower women economically. Mm -hmm. That's that's my shot for today. I mean, is it really surprising that Vice President Harris would pull together this group of people for this kind of event? No, not at all. <laughs> but she's but she's unpopular, according to some people, which we all got that ass together. Mm -hmm. Kenny got her together. I got her together. There's a couple of people. There's a couple of people had to, we had to get together this week. Like I, yeah, well, I want to, I want us to leave on this one note and we all know this quote because we've been following Pre vice president. I almost called her president Harris. <laughs> Someday. Oops. Freudian Someday. slip. Um, vice president Harris <laughs> has, has said this uh, quote before that her mother has always told her, Kamala, you may be the first to do many things. Make sure you're not the last. And I want to just remind women that we are not in competition with each other please make sure you're not the last and even if you're not the first still do whatever it takes to make sure that you are not the last mm -hmm. and support each other and and let's stop tearing each other the fuck down please boom boom so yes. on that note <laughs> On that note, we're going to be getting to our badasses of the week in just a minute. But first, we will do our bitch ass of the week. So any of you listening for the first time, this is where we introduce our nominees for bitch ass and badass of the week. Basically, the worst we pick three of the worst of the worst of the week and the best of the best of the week. And we let you decide in polls who you think that week's winner should be. So we will start with our bitch ass nominees uh we have the young turks elizabeth warren and roy mcgrath and shantae picked the young turks and why don't you tell us why because they came for mayor uh what's her name uh kareen jean-pierre mm -hmm. i have the video i know where the bodies are i have the receipts and the way they came for her they call her condescending like how the fuck you have the audacity and the caucasity. Yeah, Jenk is not white, but he's white adjacent. How the fuck you have the caucasity to call a black woman condescending when the white condescending woman made a video about her and tried to get her fired? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Yes. Thank you. All right. And then, Elian, you picked Elizabeth Warren. Why? 
because once again, she is coming for Vice President Harris and I'm sick of her shit, man. I'm so sick of her shit. You know, um, a few weeks back, she had made some comments about, oh, I'll support whoever the president is supporting for vice president the next time around. Instead of just saying, I'll support President Biden and Vice President Harris, you know, just always with the fucking slick remarks. And that brings me back to the women, please support each other. So don't be an Elizabeth Warren, be be a Vice President Harris. Mm-hmm. And then she was bitching and moaning about she hasn't answered my calls. Bitch, she's busy. She is doing things. She don't got time for your fucking phone calls. The fuck out of here. She doesn't owe you a phone call when no. you're being an asshole. It's, yeah. All right, well, my nominee is Roy McGrath. And I picked him um, because <laughs> he is such a little fucking bitch ass. He is the... Former chief, he is the former chief of staff for the former Maryland governor, Larry Hogan, and he was indicted on criminal charges of fraud, theft, and falsification of records, federal charges, and he ran, he ran away, he didn't show up for trial, and he's still at large, they can't find him, so little bitch ass knows, knows that he's wrong, and he ran away, yeah, well, damn, yeah, so again, our nominees for Bitch Ass of the Week are the Young Turks, Elizabeth Warren, and Roy McGrath. And for our badass nominees, we have Ruth Carter, Ariana, is, how do you say her last name? I can't read. Maddox. Maddox. Ariana Maddox and Michelle Yeoh. And Ruth Carter, nominated by Shantae. Why, ma'am? Because Ruth Carter last week won the Academy Award for, you know, best costume design for Wakanda Forever. This is her second win. And this one was more significant to her, not because the loss of um, Chadwick Boseman, but the loss of her mother. She lost her mother, I think, like a week before the Oscars. And so, like, this was significant to her. So power to Black women for, you know, and she was the only Black woman that actually won an Academy Award, I think, for that whole show. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did Angela Bassett dirty again. That's why people don't tune into the Oscars. The Oscars was boring this year. Let's let, let, let's keep it fucking it 100. Was. It was boring. Last year was much better. Mm-hmm. There was only there were only two reasons I watched. Angela Bassett and Michelle Yeoh. So, and then Ariana Maddox, Elian. Why did you nominate Ariana? So Ariana Maddox is the counterpart of last week's Bitch Ass of the Week winner, actually, which was Tom Sandoval of the Vanderpump Rules scandal uh, drama that is happening. So just a quick recap. Ariana has been with her boyfriend for like 10 years. He cheated on her for seven months with one of her best friends. And now this all came out publicly and it's a big mess. She had previously not made a statement, but this week she finally broke her silence, you know, thanked the fans for supporting her and everything. But what I loved and what I thought was so badass was her last line in that statement where she said, whatever doesn't kill me, better run. (laughs) And I love that. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, my nominee is Michelle Yeoh. Because she finally got her flowers. She got, she won Best Actress 
in a feature film that she's the first Asian actress to win Best Actress. It's 2023. We should not still be having so many firsts. You know? You're here. But How about she waited? They waited until she was 60 to give her something like she didn't do Captain Tiger, Hit and Dragon. She is a freaking film legend. I love her. I've loved her for years. And I'm so mad it's taken this long for them to recognize her and like, yeah, but I am so glad that she won. She was the, she was, like I said, she was one of two reasons I watched. I, 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 I stayed up late and I didn't work out the next day because I wanted to stay up late and watch her win. <laughs> so, and she did. So those are, then our, so one more time, our nominees for Badass of the Week are Ruth Carter, Ariana Maddox, and Michelle Yeoh. So that concludes this episode of Unapologetically She. You can catch us on all of our socials at T-H-E-E, Joyful She. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Spoutable. So until next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. I'm Sarah. I'm Shante. I'm Eliane. You can find us on all social media platforms at the T-H-E-E, Joyful She. And it's because of listeners like you that we are able to share our thoughts on current events. Please support us on Patreon at The Joyful She. We'll see you online.